Hey guys, Darren here. Super excited about today's podcast. This is audio that we extracted from a session that I did with the Daniel Company in Prescott, Arizona. Now, in this particular session, I was watching with my eyes open these blue orbs that were flashing and floating around in the in the room. And I asked the Lord, what, what are these things? And he said, these are prophetic words and promises that have not been pulled down and stewarded. So, in this particular uh, session, I spoke on really how to see prophetic realms become a reality. And so I've titled this thing, Formula for Prophetic Fulfillment, and I think you're going to enjoy it. But before we dive into it, make sure that you subscribe and review this podcast. When you subscribe, this weekly podcast will automatically download onto your streaming devices. May it be a tablet, your computer, or even your mobile device. To do this, just go to thedarrenshow.com. That'll redirect you to iTunes. Again, thedarrenshow.com. Again, subscribe and leave a review. You can give it one star. That means that you think it's a little lame. <laughs> or you can give it five stars, and that means that you think this thing is off the chain. If you would take a couple minutes and do that, that'd be incredible. Reviews are the word of mouth for podcasts. So let's dive into this formula for prophetic fulfillment right here on the Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Let's go. Connecting, equipping, and promoting emerging supernaturalists. <laughs> Even created for such a time as this. All right, and here we go. <laughs> There is more. He said, what? Uh, turn your Bibles real quick to Galatians, okay? Uh, and we're going to go to Galatians chapter 1. And I feel like the Lord actually wanted us to hit on uh, uh, the whole concept of um, uh, from inception to revelation to manifestation. And the reason why is that I, I believe there's a lot of stuff in the Spirit for this region and when I say region, I mean that this city here and then outside of the, outside of the city, and uh, and I think that there's stuff that the Lord wants to wants to um, to manifest through the righteous through the church. Okay, um, and uh, we have to realize that 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 what we're waiting for is actually already in us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm. But uh, there has to be there has to be a revelation of inception in order for there to be a, uh, a manifestation. And uh, and I'll prove it. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, this is what I want to look at just um, within, within the Word. So I want to go Galatians 1. And then um, actually what we'll do is let's just go down to verse um, 15. Uh, everybody there? Yeah. Okay, awesome. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, who had called me according to his grace. First of all, everybody knows that the heart seeks purpose. Yeah, without revelation. Uh, there, there is devastation, right? Without vision, the people perish. Without prophetic revelation, without disclosure of your destiny, people cast off restraint. Yeah? And so um, for this reason, we need to, uh, we all need to be aware of our, of our divine purpose as set aside, uh, 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 the reality that we have been set aside before, the all, before all things. So that your ordination into ministry actually took place before your creation. Well, that's what it says here. It says, verse 15, But when he who had set me apart, 
who had sanctified me, who had hallowed me, made me holy when? Before I was born. David would echo that in Psalm 139, right? Saying that essentially that the purpose of God, the purposes of God have been interwoven into our DNA. That before the, before the formation of all things, you knew me and you knew me intimately. And not only you, but your neighbor. And not only your neighbor, but this region. So the Lord has, has foreknown and predestined his salvation plan, his redemption plan for this region and for this community and for this church, yeah. for this people and for this time. Do you believe that? Yes. Yeah. So just, just declare um, uh, God's intended purpose, God's intended purpose has, been has been created for me, for me in eternity past. Now, the word revelation, okay, the word doesn't mean new doctrine. Oftentimes, uh, oftentimes, people get worried that we use the word revelation too flippantly. It doesn't mean new doctrine. Revelation means uh, the uh, uh, undisclosed things, hidden things, right. being revealed. Right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. What we see here is, but when he who has set me apart before I was uh, born, who called me according to his grace, check out verse 16 was pleased, was delighted to reveal his son to me in order that I might not, that in order that I might preach to him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. Um, fascinating. This is what he says. That before I was born, I had a call, that I had a ministry, that I was going to take this great gospel, this great good news to the uncircumcised, to the Gentiles. And it pleased the Lord to reveal my scroll to me. It pleased the Lord. Imagine how long the Lord had been keeping this secret for. Imagine how long the Lord knew that there would come a time when there would be a Paul who would bring forth the good news that all nations can have, can come into covenant, that all nations, that all people, all people could be part of the family of God and that the Lord was going to use a person, a man, Paul, that before he was born, and in, in eternity past, the Lord knew that there would be a Paul. The Lord knew that there would be a Bill. The Lord knew that there would be John. The Lord knew that there would be a Jim. And it pleased the Lord to reveal this divine plan to Paul. Yeah, eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, your imagination hasn't, hasn't perceived the, the, the insane things that the Lord has in store for you. But it pleases the Lord to reveal such things to those who love Him. Yeah. So the Lord loves to reveal Himself and His ways and His plans. And He loves it. Like, and that's why the Lord loves prophetic ministry. Because prophetic ministry is a revelatory gift, bringing disclosure, revealing hidden things, revealing the, the foretelling of the things to come. come on. Yep. And here's the thing. Here's the deal. The things that are to come, come on. they're in the future place, but they were dreamt in the past. Yeah. Yep. So the Lord knew of all the things that are to come, come in the past. And then he loves to reveal these things. Because once we see it, it gives us the blueprint. Without prophetic revelation, people perish. Come on. Preach, Darren. Come on. Now let's make it practical. Let's not begin doing a new thing unless we know it's a God thing. 
the Lord says, Behold, I make all, you know, the, I make all things new, right? And the Lord would even say, Behold, I do a new thing. The Lord's not opposed to new things. He wants to do new things. It's just important that we make sure that our new things are actually not our good ideas, but they're actually God ideas that are being birthed on the earth. So it's important that we are, uh, that we are honoring the ministry of the prophetic. And that we're not saying foolish things like the, like the ministry of the prophetic is over on the earth. But that we realize that the Lord has established for the church apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Yeah? For the edification, for the building up of the saints until we come into maturity. So that we're not being thrown, thrown every which way. Yeah, absolutely. Equipping the saints. The maturing of the saints. But the Lord reveals to the prophets a thing so that it can be established on the earth. It's the responsibility of the prophets to bring disclosure, to bring revealing. It's not the responsibility of the prophets to fulfill the prophetic word. If a prophet gives you a word, he's done his part. Then, if it really is a word of God, it is up to us to take the word of the Lord and begin to steward it. Yes. And to begin to take care of it. So good. So for us, we have a Daniel company. Why? Because it was spoken into being prophetically by Jeremy Nelson. And within two weeks from the moment that he had given that word, we completely reframed our whole ministry for discipleship from a school of supernatural ministry model into a Daniel Company internship within two weeks of receiving a prophetic word about a Daniel Company. And then another prophetic word being given to Sandy. And then we said, there's the wineskin. Let's reframe it. Let's, let's step into it. Yes. 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 And we received a word about a West Coast rumble. And immediately we said, that's the word of the Lord. Our response is yes. And one of the things that I've heard from, uh, you know, no one knew who we were. You know, a few people knew who we were. But Jeremy Nelson kind of heard of us, but he had no idea who we were. And all of a sudden people are saying, who who are these people that have grabbed a hold of this West Coast rumble word and they're running with it? Now there was there was some some confusion and some mis and some uh, there was some misunderstanding because some people thought that we were taking the West Coast Rumble word and making it a part of our identity, making it who we were, saying that we were the West Coast Rumble. Okay? we never once we never once said that, but it kind of looked like that. Why did it look like that? Because we 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 heard a word that was being spoken by a prophet. And we said, in order for that word to be fulfilled, there has to be a people on the earth, there has to be a community that grabs a hold of that prophetic word and says, we will steward that word until that word comes into completion within our region. Because that word can't come into completion unless there's a community in our region that will say yes. And that West Coast Rumble word cannot come into completion till there are communities of believers all up and down the West Coast who will take responsibility um, and it will begin to steward that word. And, I, and, it, and, and, and so what, what I'm saying is that for us at Seattle Bible Center, we're not running with good ideas. We're listening to the prophets. We take those words. We begin to steward them. And we realize this isn't a new thing. If it's a God thing, it's an ancient thing. It was thought of in eternity past. So if it's in the past, if every prophetic word is actually just a part of God's heart, 
Okay? That was perceived and incepted, created. The genesis of your destiny was created in the past. But in order for, but, it, but you're, it's not in the present, which means it's where? In the future. So if it's in the past and it's in the future, that puts the responsibility on the present. That there must be engagement. There must be active stewardship. It's, in, it's, it, it's already in the future. It's already in the past. Then all, all, has, all we have to do is, is step into it and say yes and believe with the prophetic, with the prophetic word. And then all of a sudden, now it's in the present. It's in the past, the present, and the future. And we stand in that place, in the place of belief. And then it begins to manifest. It looks like a snowflake. You honor the snowflake. Like Justin Abraham says, you honor the snowflake. And before you know it, you're in the avalanche. You're in the snowstorm. Is this making sense? Here's what I know. Within the, within the garden of this church community... Within this, within this house, there are, there are, there are prophetic orbs. There are these things floating in the atmosphere and they are the promises of God. And they have, and they, and all it takes is a people that will, that will reach up into that, pull those things down, pull them into their hearts and honor them in their hearts. And then as you stand in these words, all of a sudden these words will take on form and all of a sudden, your best ideas will actually be God's ideas. Yeah, they were spoken by the prophets into this place. So you, some would say it's a new thing. It's, it's a new thing for you. <laughs> but it's not really a new thing. It's an ancient thing. And it's been waiting for a people that would, that would step into it and manifest it. So oftentimes, I've seen this in the past. That how many of you have ever seen a prophet give a word and it doesn't come into completion? And then we want to stone the prophet. And we want to say it's a false prophet because the word didn't come into completion. Mm. Oftentimes, the problem wasn't the prophet. The problem was there wasn't a company of people that were willing to believe the word of the Lord, step into it, and steward it. Because it's not the responsibility of the prophets to steward the word. It's the responsibility of those who have ears to hear those who have an ear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying and begin to steward the prophetic. Yeah? I'm always listening. I'm listening to prophetic words that are being released into SRC. And then I'm listening to prophetic words that are being released other places. Why? Because I know that statistically the majority of people don't steward the prophetic. And that means that a word gets spoken, it goes out into the atmosphere, and it sits there as a prophetic orb, as a floating promise. You might call it a mantle. (laughs) It doesn't matter what you call it. There are these promises that have yet to be laid a hold of. And you reach out and you say, yes, you come into agreement. You begin to steward it, and all of a sudden... Yeah, all of a sudden you're walking in you're walking in new things. Yeah? That before you were born, he called you by his grace. Yes. That's what the Bible says. That's Christianity. Before you were born, God called you. He set you aside by his grace. And it pleased the Lord to reveal these things to Paul. And this is what Paul said. This, I, I, this is so amazing. This is what Paul said. That as soon as I found these things out, I didn't tell anyone. <laughs> Here's what I did. I took responsibility for this prophetic destiny. And 
and I began to carry it as it began to come into maturity. He said, I didn't immediately go to the apostles. He said, I, I, in fact, I didn't tell anybody. He says, I began to steward that prophetic word in the womb of my spirit. When Andrew and I had our first child, Abigail, we knew we were pregnant. We were super excited, but we didn't tell anybody. And yet everything was different. Andrea's glow was different. Andrea's lifestyle decisions. She wasn't drinking those um, venti chai tea lattes from Starbucks. No water, chop, soy, whatever. She wasn't doing all those, all those anymore. She was making different decisions. And everybody, to everybody else, it was just Darren and Andrea. You know, hey, Pastor Darren's wife, Andrea, they're lovely, whatever. They're, they're the same. They're not the same. They're radically different. Their whole world is different. You just don't know about it. Everything is radically different. Because she's carrying a spirit inside of her that's being wrapped in flesh. And God is knitting a new creation in her womb. And I know it, and Andrew knows it, and the Lord knows it, but no one else knew it. And we began to carry, and Andrew began to carry in her womb. It was, in, it was invisible to everybody else, but not to her. That's the prophetic. That's what happens. All of a sudden, you begin to steward the word. You begin to carry the word. And you haven't said anything to anybody else. You're letting it come into maturity. You're framing it up. I love everywhere I go in this building, I, there, are, there are frames everywhere. I was going to the restroom. I looked in the wall, and there's a frame, a picture frame, just sitting there on the wall with, with, with nothing in it. And, and here's the thing. There, are, there is prophetic destiny uh, uh, in you. And, uh, and for a lot of you, uh, you, uh, you, you don't know what it is. It's like a picture frame with nothing in it. But the truth is, there's something in it. It just needs to be revealed to you. And for some of you, that means going back and replaying the old cassette tapes from the 90s of those prophetic words that you thought were never going to manifest. Let me say this, that there's gold in your past. There's gold in the future. And maybe it's just a mindset that says that there's not gold in the present. Awaken the spirit of Christ Jesus, okay? It's in the past now. It's in the future now. It's in the present now. It's just, are there people that are willing to discern it, cultivate it, carry it, and allow for it to take on its indigenous identity and reflection as to the way it plays out here? Because it better not look like Bethel here. Because this ain't ready. And it better not look like Seattle here. Because this ain't Seattle. There's an indigenous move of God. There's a unique culture. There are unique songs. There's a unique tribe. And it's God who will rise and shine from this region. Don't be no copycat. We don't need another Darren. We don't need another Bill Johnson. God bless Darren. Oh, I honor Darren and I, I speak and love Bill. But we need this region to arise and shine. This region needs to resonate with its frequency. You've got to arise and shine. Here's the problem with comparing ourselves to one another. The problem we compare ourselves is that we say the brilliance of God's creation at work through us and our uniqueness um, it, uh, just doesn't measure up. Can you imagine going to Picasso and saying, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, right. Even, even, even his weirdest stuff, his wildest stuff, it's still a stinking Picasso. Worth loads. 
Forget Picasso. This is the creator of all things. And you, you, you are his workmanship. Do you even believe that? Do you even believe that you are the living poetry? Do you, the audacity of a people that would actually say that we are individually the living poetry of Christ. You're actually saying that Jesus himself has written your narrative and your story. The audacity. And then to think that you can't step into God's plan and purpose for your life because you're not like someone else. We're not coloring books. We haven't been Xerox. God does not Xerox moves of God. He does not Xerox people. We need you. We need you with your weirdo sense of humor. We need you with your hurts, with your pains. We need you with your four divorces. Religion always comes to say, ah, you're not perfect enough. Ah, you're disqualified because this, that, and the other. The problem with that is the Bible. Jesus is like, hey, look, a prostitute. (laughs) You you guys want a killer? I see an evangelist. Come on. You know, there are stories where young women get pregnant and they don't even know it. And they're carrying a child, they don't even know it, and they continue to make poor decision after poor decision after poor decision. Continue to use drugs and alcohol and all these things while carrying a precious child, they don't even know it. There are stories where, where, where young women go into labor and they never even knew they were pregnant. And they give birth to something that, that was neglected the nutrients that it needed to be healthy. Did you know that there are believers that are carrying vision and they don't even know it? They are carrying, you know, there are churches that are carrying prophetic destinies but they're not even stewarding it. They're not even giving it the light, the nutrients that it needs. You know that there are, there are people that are depressed because of their barrenness and they're carrying a child and they're neglecting this living thing in the womb of their spirit. They're neglecting it because they believe the lie that they are barren. You are not barren. You have life inside of you and that life, it needs to be nurtured. It needs to be carried. Those prophetic words need to be nurtured and carried that we need to carry them until they come into completion. By His grace, it's not too late. Thank God you're all alive right now. Because if any of you weren't, this meeting would be radically different right now. You have life. That means that when you woke up this morning, His grace and mercy was brand new. Meaning that you're requalified. You get the clean slate. And the Lord says, how about today? How about today? Would you be willing to say yes today? Because yesterday you were too busy. Yesterday you had too much going on. So let's just say that. Let's just say that on Monday you get an email. Somebody that you really love and trust. Somebody that's really good. They send you an email. And they ask you to do something really, really cool. A really, really amazing. Something you've wanted to do for a long time. But you know it's not what you've been carrying in your spirit. 
right when God was breaking out in Seattle, I got an opportunity to go hang out with 12 guys and John Elridge. You know uh, the Wild at Heart guy? Yeah. I had the opportunity to be a part of a, a group of guys. You had to win the lotto, uh, a drawing to go, be a, to go stay on John Elridge's ranch, to go hang out with him and 12 kingdom leaders at his ranch, sit around a campfire. But I wasn't carrying it in my spirit. Wow. I wasn't carrying it. If on Monday you get that email, there's something really cool, but it's not something that you're carrying. And you simply reply back and says, hey, look, I've been really, really busy doing a lot of stuff. I've been too busy to engage with my prophetic plan and purpose. And God's been holding this in his heart in eternity past. He set this aside for such a time as this. And as much as I would absolutely Dreamt it, and then he put the dream in somebody else, and they dreamt it, and then they stood it. 